The scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Phil uh, said uh, last week that the pollen had really gotten to him, that he, he was going to speak in different octaves. Um, I'm, I'm not in that case, but I <clears throat> I may end up not being able to speak. That's a <laughs> but that um, anyway, uh, pollen has really gotten to me, so I apologize uh, in advance for that. Um, you know, as I was listening to to the band play, um, and uh, you know, Phil brings a great deal to to the band and, and his leadership. But I tell you guys, you're great, even without Phil. You know, we we are really go ahead. We are blessed. Um, the, the Lord has uh, sent some wonderful people here uh, to be in ministry, and, and I, for one, am very grateful. Let us uh, turn to God in prayer. Dear Lord, as we consider this passage of Scripture about your ascension, we pray, Lord, that you might speak to us in a, in a personal way. Help us to understand that you're sending out the disciples as witnesses wasn't just for them, but it's a it's a, a charge that we all have. So help us, Lord, in these few moments. Open our our hearts and our minds to what you're trying to say to us about our living today. Don't don't let the preacher get in the way of what you need to say to us. Help us to hear your voice. Speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. There's power in a witness. That's because what you witness can um, have a dramatic effect on 
who you are, who, who you might become. What you witness can often determine what you say and what you do by virtue of what you have experienced. There's power in a witness. For instance, if you witness a tragedy or ongoing violence at home or on the battlefield, you can be scarred for life. Ask anyone who has, has experienced that. And I have, as I have often said, those kinds of tragic experiences, they will either make you or break you. It's, you know, you, you have a choice. Now, if you witness hatred and bigotry and condescension and disdain for others, you may very well have your own vision of other people clouded by what you've heard and seen. It can happen to you. It can happen to me. If you witness criticism and blame and lack of acceptance directed at you, you may become the very kind of person who has directed such unlove toward you. And unfortunately, you might even pass that on. You might pass that pain on to other people. However, I want to make it very clear. Witnessing the words and actions of others can also have a very positive effect in our, in our lives. If you witness love and kindness and generosity and humility and acceptance, then you just might become that kind of person as well. And that's why it's so important for us as a church and as individuals to emulate the love of Christ in the world. Because the truth of the matter is other people are watching. They're watching us. Other people are witnesses to our words and our actions. When we shun the homeless or ignore the needs of the disabled, when we pretend our LGBTQ neighbors don't exist or don't have the same desire for love and faith that we have, when we disregard the pleas of the immigrant and ethnic minority communities, then others will see that. Others will watch us and see what's happening because they're watching. They are witnesses to our actions. The question is what will they in turn become because of what they've witnessed? What will they do with what they have seen? You see, there's power in a witness. On this Mother's Day, I can't help but think of my own mother. I only had her for the first 10 years of my life, but I, I was blessed to be able to witness her gentle spirit. I saw how she loved her four children. I can remember when I was uh, six years old, I, I would stand on the uh, side rung of the rocking chair as she rocked my infant sister to sleep. <laughs> I didn't know where this, this creature came from. I, I know children know a lot more today, but at six years old, I thought they bought this, this living creature. It just appeared in the, in the house. 
Now, I don't remember my mother's voice because she was always so quiet. She didn't say a lot. But I remember her face. I saw in her face a deep and abiding love for all her children. A few years later, I saw her take the last bit of what I thought then was just flour, but it, it had to be either cornmeal or bread meal, but it was just really not much at all. And she made a few crackers out of, out of that for her hungry children. You see, we were waiting for the government allowance check that was due from our GI dad who was serving overseas at the time. And there was quite literally nothing in the house to eat. And I saw her gather her children together. And she told us to go and look, scour the house for every coin, every nickel, every dime, every penny, and bring it back to her. And, and then she gave the coins to my oldest sister who went to the store. And she was instructed not to buy bread, not to buy milk, but to buy candy of all things. You see, what I saw in my mother, and, and especially as I look back on it, what I saw was a mother who knew that her children were hungry for something more than bread. They were hungry for that assurance that things were going to be all right. And to this day, I don't remember being hungry that day. What I remember is we had candy for dinner. That's what I remember. I was a witness to these things. And it helped make me who I am today. There's power in a witness. A few years later, both she and my younger sister, Mary Catherine, would die in an automobile accident that, that we were all involved in. And when we moved to Northern Virginia, I got to see firsthand Pastor Clark Blevins and his wife, Millie, as they welcomed drunks into their home and as they carried truckloads of food and clothing to the poor in Appalachia. And, and I had the benefit of being with them on many of those occasions. As a young teenager, I saw them welcome me into their home and become my foster parents when my dad died of a heart attack. I was a witness to these things. I was there. I saw it. And it helped me become the person that I am today. There's power you see, in a witness. Later, when it was necessary for me to seek a new home, I witnessed a woman named Zira and a man named Clyde as they accepted me without hesitation. They accepted me without hesitation to be their second son. Now, she had suffered from a childhood uh, bout with polio. And what I learned after moving in, Clyde was a paranoid bipolar disorder. But they never hesitated to welcome me into their home. They never hesitated to become my foster parents, not a second, not a moment, when I asked them if they wanted to have another son. They were proud of me in spite of their difficulties. They, they were proud of me, and they always, they always shared their love, and I felt their love. I was a witness to these things. 
after college and seminary, I, I met Cheryl in, our, in my first church where I served as pastor. And, and we married and started a family of our own. And I saw our three boys grow up and become caring young men. I saw my youngest son, Jesse, when he was only a toddler, willingly give up one of his last Easter eggs on an Easter egg hunt at the church for, to give it up to a, a little girl who had none and who was crying. I didn't have to ask him to do that. I, didn't have, I just was a witness to what he did. I saw my oldest son when he went away to college. I saw him teach homeless men to draw and paint in an art program that he began with another college student. And I saw him invite two of the homeless men to his graduation. One was a recovering alcoholic. I saw how his two younger brothers engaged in warm and caring conversation with these two men at the graduation while other people very conspicuously moved away because, well, the men didn't have a smell that was very inviting. At lunch, I heard one of the men say to my son, you saved my life. I was a witness to these things. I could not have been more, more proud. You see, there's power in a witness. When I came to First United Methodist Church nine years ago, I saw a congregation full of people who cared about others. I saw quilts spread across tables up, upstairs, filled with the prayers of countless people, reaching out to others who were hurting, often people they didn't even know. I saw Terry and Melody and Cindy and Marilyn cutting strips of cloth and ironing material and sewing pieces together in this very fellowship hall to give shape to those prayers. I saw my sister's eyes well up with tears when I carried one of those quilts to her following the death of her husband and son within 11 days of each other. I was a witness to these things. There's power in a witness. I saw Dave and Andy and Jim and Charles and Ian and Fred and Larry and, and Jeff. I saw them, well, cutting cinder block and digging holes and embracing children as they helped build an orphanage and a clinic and a, and a church in Haiti. I saw Margaret and, and Walter and Jean and Loman support the ministry of good news jail and prison ministry in our own community. I was a witness to these things. I saw Tommy and Virginia and Christina and Vince and so many other people as they prepared cots and meals and a, a place filled with love for our homeless guests during our Pacham weeks. I saw Connor and Jane and Bill and Mac and Kay encourage our church to do justice through our impact ministry. I saw Katie and Meredith and a handful of our young adults push us to bridge an 
ever-widening gap between blacks and whites in our community. Yes, I was a witness to these things. And they have, they've helped me grow. They've helped me to become more caring myself and in many ways to be more aware. You see, there's power in a witness. When Jesus gathered his disciples together on that hillside, he knew, he knew that his disciples had witnessed many things. They saw him wash their feet. They saw him heal the blind man. They saw him sit with the Samaritan woman in the middle of the day for all to see, offering her living water. They saw how he treated all women like the equals that God had created them to be. They, his disciples, saw him touch lepers and stand between stone throwers and the woman caught in adultery. They saw him calm the storm and feed a hungry crowd. And yes, they even saw him turn over tables of, of cheating money changers. They saw him warn the religious leaders of their day that they were blind, blind guides. The disciples had seen a lot in the few short years that they had with Jesus. Now at this point of ascension, he was sending them out as witnesses. And Jesus knew there was power in a witness. That's why he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, the power of God was already seeping out all over the disciples through what they had seen. Now Jesus was putting it all together in the Holy Spirit and, and just showering them with that power. Luke begins the second volume of his two-part book, Luke-Acts, with the statement which, which uh, Patricia read for us earlier in that verse 1 of chapter 1 of Acts. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning. The name Theophilus is a Greek word that literally means lover of God. So what that means is that Luke is not just writing to an individual at his time, but he's writing to all lovers of God. He's writing to you and me. Luke is writing to us. And what he's saying is that with his first book, he has made us all witnesses. He's, he's shared with us all the things that Jesus had done and taught. And now we have become witnesses to what Jesus has done for us. Now it's time for us, like the disciples, to share what we've seen and heard. I have seen the good that God has done through my mother. I have seen the good that God has done through the Blevins and, and Clyde and Zira and through my sons and through the people of this church. I have been a witness to these things. It's now up to me to share what I've witnessed. You see, Jesus was talking to me when he told his disciples, you will be my witnesses. 
and I happen to believe that he was talking to you as well. So the question is, what have you seen? What have you been a witness to? What way has God worked in your life that you've been convinced that God was there? And then maybe more importantly, what are people, what are people witnessing in you? When they watch you, when they listen to you, what do they see? Remember, there's power in a witness. Let us pray. Lord, forgive us for thinking we can go through this world anonymously. You have blessed us so that we might be a blessing to others. So send us out as witnesses to tell what we have seen and what we have heard. Amen.